the one who knows everything and who is the only person to ever not do anything wrong will be convicted and sentenced to death by crucifixion. What a shameful and sad moment and event in history this was. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. I'm Jim Scudder, and today we are studying the story of Jesus, his life, and we've gotten to the point of his trial. Now, he had already been in somewhat of a trial. He was before the religious leaders on the night of his arrest, and then they brought him early in the morning to Pontius Pilate, who was the one that, really the only one, that could order Jesus' execution. And I call this his sham of a trial. I'm going to start with a little humor in a courtroom, but there's no humor at all in what happens in this court, in this place. Now, when we were able to go to Israel, I had an archaeologist show me some steps that were coming out of the old city wall. And we're going to actually uh, show some clips in this program today. Now, you're going to hear the audio of it, of not only where those steps are, and I think that will probably be tomorrow, but also, and, and that was Pilate's Praetorium, the, the place that Jesus would have been brought to. But today, we're also going to tell you a little bit or show you a little bit about uh, the place where Jesus was kept in a, a dungeon, in a pit. And and we're going to see how that ties in with everything that we're doing here. So you're going to want to listen to all of this. If you want to see those clips that you're going to hear today, it's in a series called Jesus Last Day. And you can watch that on our YouTube channel, which is, you know, to search for In Grace on YouTube. And when you get to our In Grace page, our In Grace YouTube channel, you can subscribe. It's really easy. And then if you want to get alerts when we have a new video come out and you can also like the videos, that really helps us. More people will be able to see and, and hear the gospel. We're also tonight on TBN. And what we're going to be playing today on TBN, on our television program, In Grace, is part two of the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. You want to watch that. You can also watch that on YouTube, the shorter version. But if you want the full-length, full version of this, you need to get the video either by DVD or digital download. At the end of the program, I'll tell you how you can get the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. There was once a small town that was having a trial and the attorney, uh, prosecuting attorney, called his first witness and it was an older lady, grandmotherly, uh, elderly woman. And uh, as she was sworn in and sat down, he asked her, Mrs. Jones, do you know me? And she responded by saying, oh, why, yes, I know you, Mr. Williams. I've known you since you were a young boy. And frankly, you've been a big disappointment to me. You lie, you cheat, you manipulate people, you talk about them behind their backs. Yes, I know you. The lawyer was stunned. Not knowing what else to do, he pointed to the defense attorney and says, Mrs. Williams, do you know the defense attorney? <laughs> and his eyebrows went up. She again replied, why, yes, I do. I've known Mr. Bradley since he was a youngster, too. I used to babysit him. And he, too, has been a real disappointment to me. 
He's lazy, bigoted. He has a drinking problem. And his law practice is one of the shoddiest in the entire state. Yes, I know him. At this point, the judge wrapped the courtroom to attention and called both counselors to his bench. And in a very quiet but stern voice, he said, menacingly, if either of you asks her if she knows me, I will hold you in contempt. <laughs> Can you imagine being in the courtroom with a judge that knows everything? Everything. You cannot fudge, you cannot manipulate, you cannot lie, you cannot tell half-truths. Everything that you say and everything that you've ever done that judge knows exactly the truth. And he knows exactly what to do about that. The perfect judge. And we're going to talk about a trial today, and it's, it's a sham trial. They used to call these kangaroo courts, where it was already pretty much decided, but it was more of a show for, for some reason, either for or against the defendant. And this was, this was one of those situations where you have... The trial of Jesus, the one who knows everything and who is the only person to ever not do anything wrong. And that person will be convicted and sentenced to death by crucifixion. What a shameful and sad moment and event in history this was. We're going through the life of Jesus Christ chronologically because, you know, he lived a life. He, he did many things that weren't recorded. We're, we're looking at all the different gospel accounts, and, and actually today we're going to go into Acts because Acts gives us a little bit of light into one of the things that happened in this scene in the, in the final, final hours of Jesus' life. He's literally in his final day now. He's in his final day of life before his crucifixion. And as I said last time, the trial of Jesus had three stages in, in Jewish courts or before Jewish powers, and it had three stages before Roman authorities. Of course, Rome had the power, ultimately, and you'll see this throughout uh, as we go through this, this trial of Jesus, you're going to find that that the Jewish leaders brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, who was the perfect or the governor of Rome. He was the one that held the power of execution. And so they had to manipulate their way through, and, and he had to go through all of these different courts, basically. He had gone before Annas, who was the former high priest, the father-in-law of the current high priest, and we all know that he still held the, the power, even though he wasn't in office, he was still very powerful. And we know he went before Annas probably first, right after his arrest, and then to Caiaphas, the official figurehead high priest, and the current high priest, and then before the Sanhedrin, which was, uh, uh, of course, the high priest, but also other religious leaders in the different sects of Judaism at that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then he went before the, the Roman authorities. He went before Pontius Pilate. He went before Herod 
Antipas, and then he was kicked back to Pontius Pilate. So there were these six different episodes where Jesus was standing before man, these men that he created, and again, totally innocent. He had never done anything wrong, not one thing wrong. If, if any of us stood in a court, we all could be convicted of things wrong. Now, we might not have committed murder, but you've probably had hatred at one time in your heart towards someone. I know I have. And Jesus equated that with murder. In other words, if you could push a button and kill that person and no one would ever know, would you push that button? Yeah, I think we probably would, wouldn't we? So we're all guilty in that court, but Jesus, the only human uh, to stand on this planet or in a courtroom, and he was innocent. No matter what charge you put against him, he was innocent. So these were a, a sham, and Jesus was innocent of all charges. Last time, I quoted a Bible commentator that went through some of the illegalities of the trials. And he said that from the perspective of Jewish law, it was really important that a trial would be done fair. And that's, that comes from God, right? That's how our judicial system is built. You don't want a judge who isn't fair. You don't want a judge who is corrupt. You don't want a judge who's on the take because then their, their verdict is going to be unfair. And we all know, whether you, you believe in God or not, we all know there's right and wrong. We all know if someone grabs a purse from an, a lady and runs away, we know that's wrong. Deep down, we have this knowledge that that should not have happened. And so in, in the courts, especially in Jewish life, because it all comes from God, right? He, he's the one that established Israel. He's the one that established the laws for the nation. Number one, no trial was to be held during a feast time. Well, what was, what was the time that this was happening? This is the time of Passover. And we know that because Pontius Pilate was in town. He normally wasn't in town. He's usually in his palace in Caesarea. Many of you have been to Caesarea there on the Mediterranean Sea, a beautiful Roman, a classic Roman town. They've rebuilt a lot of the things that had fallen down there, the amphitheater, the hippodrome, uh, a lot of the, uh, the different time periods that they had built there. An amazing place. But he was in Jerusalem. Why? Because of Passover. So was Herod. Herod normally was up in the Galilee. Remember, Herod Antipas was one of the sons of Herod the Great, but he ruled the Galilee area. But he was in town because of Passover. So we know that they broke that one of their, their rules. Number two, each member of the court was to vote individually to convict or acquit, but Jesus was convicted by acclamation, by a voice, basically a voice vote of the crowd. Number three, if the death penalty was given, a night must pass before the sentence was carried out. However, only a few hours passed before Jesus was placed on the cross. That was illegal. Number four, the Jews had no authority to execute anyone, but they still were able to manipulate and, and make it happen. Number five, the, no trial was to be held at night, but the first hearings that Jesus went to were at night, before dawn. Number six, the accused was to be given counsel or representation. Did Jesus have representation? No. And number seven, the accused was not to be asked self-incriminating questions, but Jesus was asked if he was the Christ. And so we see here that, that even in America and in Western culture, we have 
in our courts, we have these rules. You know, you're, you're to treat even someone that's accused of serial murder is still given uh, a fair treatment and, and is still uh, given the idea that they might not be guilty, right? And, and some dignity. So we have, these, we have these rules in our society, and they did too. And that's where our, our laws come from. That's where our rules come from was the, the Old Testament. And so them breaking all of these things show us what a sham all of this was. It was a ultimate mockery of justice, the trial of Jesus Christ. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Before we follow the story into the Roman courts on that, that final day of Jesus' life, there's something that happened that the Gospels don't mention. As a matter of fact, the New Testament doesn't mention. The only place that you're going to get this is from the Old Testament. And that is, there had to be at least some hours overnight where he wasn't before Annas or Caiaphas or the Sanhedrin, that he had to be kept somewhere. And there's archaeological evidence and a tradition in Jerusalem that there was a dungeon below Caiaphas' house. And we've been there. And, and again, we don't know for sure if that is Caiaphas' house, but again, there's, there's tradition, there's some evidence. And there's a dungeon, and the dungeon had crosses. So the early Christians venerated this spot. And when we were there in Israel, one of the, well, we, we go there almost every trip, but uh, one of the times I went there and I filmed the segment for the series Jesus Last Day. We went from all these different places that Jesus was on his last day. And I'm gonna play that clip for you of Jesus in the dungeon and we're going to see something that I think happened that aren't mentioned, isn't mentioned in the New Testament, but I do believe happened because of a prophetic psalm. This very well could have been the pit that Jesus was in the night in which he's betrayed, arrested in Gethsemane, brought up to the house of the high priest. We're in the house that is known as St. Peter in Galicantu. Galicantu means the cock crew. In this place, this is where Peter denied the Lord and Jesus looked at Peter. And then Jesus put into a pit for the night And we read about a pit in Psalm 88. 
And it sounds like Jesus here in this pit, in the darkness, alone, isolated. The Son of God, the God that created this rock, is now imprisoned by his creatures. He came willingly. He was arrested. He was brought here innocent. He came because he said, not my will, but thine. It says in Psalm 88, O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thine ear unto my cry, for my soul is full of trouble. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. But I have cried unto the Lord in the morning. Shall my prayer prevent thee? Lord, why canst thou off my soul? Why hiddest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness. It's so hard for me to imagine the soul of the Lord in despair, in darkness, in a dungeon, alone, but really, because he went through this, no matter what pit you feel like you're in, it's gonna be okay, because he was here for you. He is now standing with you. If you're in that place of despair, that place of darkness, and you feel alone and your friends are far from you, your friend is with you. If you know Jesus as your savior, if you've put your complete trust in him, he's with you no matter what, no matter where you go. There's a wonderful comfort in knowing that Jesus took our dungeon, our darkness, our isolation here in this pit for us. He cried out to the Father, and because of his cry, God heard his cry. Sure, the next day, he would be hanging on a cross. He did that, he did this for you. How many of you have been into that cistern, that pit there in Jerusalem? Some of you have been there. How many of you have been in a pit? And it's dark and it's damp and it's lonely and it's cold and, and you wonder how you'll ever get out. You wonder if God has forsaken you. And may I suggest that you read that Psalm because the one who loves you more than anyone else by far was in that pit for you. And early in the morning, they got him up. The reason they did this early is because they needed to get him convicted if they wanted to get him executed that day, which they did. Remember, they didn't want to do this around Passover because they were worried that the populace would raise up against them. These were just evil leaders. I, don't put this on all the Jewish people, but this, the leaders of the Jewish people 
were so against Jesus because he said it like it is. He didn't mince words. He called them a generation of vipers. He called them whited sepulchers, white and beautiful on the outside, but inside you're rotten, full of dead man's bones. They weren't pleased. He had cleaned out the temple early in his ministry. He had just done it again. They needed to get rid of this guy. He was interfering with their power, with their prestige, with their prosperity. And so... In the morning, Matthew 27, 1 says, when the morning was come, all chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. So basically, this is the Sanhedrin. And they proclaimed this. I guess they technically thought that they uh, didn't do it at night. So they uh, probably thought they had avoided that. And when they had bound him, can you imagine having to bind Jesus? Literally, probably wouldn't have hurt one person. What did he do to the servant of the high priest after Peter cut off his ear when he was arrested? He healed him. And how, how could any leather strap possibly hold the hands of God? Anyways, it said earlier when they were trying him before Caiaphas that they, they blindfolded him and they, they hid him. And they said, prophesy who, who it was that hit you. Can you imagine that? The, Jesus knew everything about them. Every little bad thing they've ever done. Everything. And yet, he allowed them to do it. He allowed that, that leather strap to bind his hands as they bound him and they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Can you even imagine binding Jesus, the one that created the leather, the one that created the people, the one that created the dungeon and created uh, Pilate, who he was going to go see? Uh, he, and he was innocent, he was perfect, and he was all powerful, but he did this because he loves you. He came to die for our sins. And all of this, you just couldn't write this. You couldn't even come up with a script like what happened, where he's proclaimed innocent three times by Pontius Pilate and still convicted to die? What an awful, awful person Pontius Pilate was to do that. Even when he was warned of his wife to not do this, he still did it. Oh my goodness, may God have mercy on him. Well, listen, right before we go, I, I would love to share with you a brand new resource that will help open your eyes to end times Bible prophecy. There's a Bible prophecy that talks about the Antichrist desecrating the Jewish temple halfway through the tribulation. That tells us that there has to be a Jewish temple in Jerusalem by halfway through the tribulation. So, we know that, but then you say, well, there's no temple there. There's, you know, it's basically a, a Muslim area. The whole, the whole Temple Mount is controlled by the Muslim Waqf. And there's the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is the silver-domed mosque just to the south of the Temple Mount or on the south of the Temple Mount. And then you have the golden-domed shrine called the Dome of the Rock. That's right where the temple should be. And we actually 
go there. We we go inside these buildings. I haven't been in them for years, but we got this incredible access to go into the Al-Aqsa and Dome of the Rock. We went down into the Cave of the Spirits in the Dome of the Rock, and you get to see all of this. We interview rabbis. We talk about the red heifers that they've just brought to Israel. We actually went to Dallas to the ranch where these red heifers were born, and they're, they're now in Israel. We talk to people about uh, like a harp maker that's making the harps for the temple. Uh, we talk to a man growing ancient plants that uh, is for incense for the temple. So all of this is in a three-part video series and some incredible animations of the temple. We'd love to send this three-part video series to you as a thank you when you give a gift to In Grace. Whatever that amount is, we thank you for that. More people will hear the gospel and you're going to get either the DVD or digital download, whatever you'd like. Now, if your gift is $35 or more, we're also going to send you as a thank you our eight-part Armageddon's Dawn video series and our Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.